Hi, welcome to episode two of Global Exchanges, a podcast about foreign exchange markets and related issues. I'm Greg Anderson. I will be joined by my co-host, Stephen Gallo, in this episode. Together, we will discuss the recent dip below 150 in the Euro-Canada exchange rate and the fundamentals that seem to be driving it. We will also give our views on this week's Bank of Canada and ECB meetings. The title of this episode is Euro-Canada at 150 and Still Normalizing. Hi, I'm Stephen Gallo, a London-based FX strategist. Welcome to Global Exchanges, presented by BMO Capital Markets. Hi, I'm Greg Anderson, a New York-based FX strategist. I'm Stephen's co-host. In each weekly podcast like today's, we discuss our perspectives on the global economy and the foreign exchange market. We also bring in guests from the FX industry and from related financial markets like commodities. We strive to make this show as interactive as possible, so don't hesitate to reach out by going to bmocm.com slash global exchanges. Thanks for joining us. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates or subsidiaries. So Stephen, here we are on Tuesday, March 9th. What are you looking at the currencies that you cover from your neck of the woods in London? I think the most important thing in my vicinity, Greg, is the fact that the euro is lower. It hasn't been recently performing as a safe haven. Importantly, we've seen all of this volatility in interest rates and bond markets, and we touched upon this briefly in the last podcast. We know that on Thursday of last week, Powell had the opportunity to come in and soothe the bond market. He didn't take it. Equities fell, commodities fell, and also the euro fell. I think those are the main things of interest in my vicinity. How about your vicinity, Greg? Stephen, I'm glad you brought up that little mini bout of risk aversion. Actually, it wasn't that small for a couple of currencies that I cover, the Australian dollar and Mex peso. However, it has seemed much more like just a blip for the Canadian dollar. So to me, what's interesting is CAD outperformance relative to peers since Powell spoke. So Greg, let's try and therefore build some bridges here and put everything together. I think if you take my comments and your comments and you join them up, what you end up with is the fact that there's been this pretty interesting move in EuroCAD. In fact, if you look at it in percentage change, it's down about 2% since Powell spoke last Thursday, which is a reasonably big move. But I think what also stands out is you wouldn't normally associate a move lower in EuroCAD with risk aversion. Think about how EuroCAD behaved in 2020. This time last year, equity markets were in free fall, commodities were falling, and EuroCAD was rallying. But now, despite what Powell didn't say, EuroCAD is lower. Stephen, you noted a 2% move. What accentuates that is that the move took us down through 150, the figure, earlier this morning. We haven't seen that key psychological level in almost exactly one year, not since the 5th of March, 2020. It's like we've come full circle on the pandemic response. So Stephen, to what do you attribute the normalization we've seen in EuroCAD? Well, that's a great question, Greg. And I think one of the first things I would point to is relative expectations for central bank policy. In other words, slightly less dovishness coming out of North America and a bit more dovishness or prolonged easing coming out of the Eurozone. We've also seen that 
behavior of relative expectations play out in relative interest rates. That's pretty clear. But we've also seen divergence in economic data as well, and that has probably fed the central bank story for the two currencies in question. I also think the vaccine rollout in the European Union is forcing questions to be raised about the extent of any snapback in growth in the European Union in Q2. So those are the main things I would cite from my vicinity. What about your side of the coin, Greg? What do you think are the key drivers from your perspective? Stephen, I think the other issue is oil. Canada is less of an oil exporter than it was five years ago, but it's still an exporter. The Eurozone is an oil importer, of course. The WTI grade of crude has normalized back to the $60 to $65 a barrel range where it was prior to the pandemic. The WCS grade produced in Alberta has actually gone one step further. It was in the $35 to $40 a barrel range pre-pandemic. Now it's around $50 a barrel. We're only beginning to see this show up in the trade data, but January's Canadian trade data showed Canada running a trade surplus. This will probably become the new norm if oil stays at $50 a barrel for WCS. Flipping from a trade deficit to a surplus is kind of a big story. Throwing it back to you, Stephen, do you see this week's ECB meeting as much of a potential story? Well, I don't think the event risk for the ECB for this week is that big, Greg. I think if I had to judge, the ECB will probably play it cool for the time being. That would be my, my judgment. I don't want to overplay the inflation issue, but since you refer to it with the oil price factor, inflation is starting to show up in the pipeline through energy and intermediate goods prices. That's one thing. And the other thing, probably even more importantly, is the euro is showing less pressure to appreciate. So that's the first area. And then on the subject of yields and yield curve control, because there's a lot of focus right now about the backup in longer term yields, I think implementing a yield curve control target or a cap when the ammunition you have to defend that cap is not infinite, I think it's difficult, particularly when bond market volatility is as high as it has been recently. So on this issue, I think Probably, if I had to judge, the ECB's preference is to be less than fully transparent. In other words, they're going to dynamically adjust their bond purchases without giving a precise target for yields at this time. That doesn't mean that we can rule out yield curve control from the ECB altogether. But in terms of the timing, they may decide to wait beyond this week. So, Stephen, in terms of the ECB's monetary policy stance, you're expecting no changes on Thursday? That's right, Greg. I think no official change in the policy stance this week to the interest rate or the stock of QE, although I do expect on balance the rhetoric on the economic outlook to be fairly dovish from the ECB. That leads me to ask you, Greg, what about the Bank of Canada? What are you looking for from them? I would expect no change in the Bank of Canada's interest rate or balance sheet policies at this meeting. It's not an NPR meeting, so there are no forecasts to update. There's no press conference either. In the announcement, they will probably have to acknowledge that economic data has been relatively positive, but I think they will try to downplay that so as to avoid further Canadian dollar appreciation. Looking past this week, Stephen, what do you think on ECB policy for the remainder of the year? Well, what you said about the Bank of Canada makes a lot of sense, Greg. I think from my perspective, the ECB will attempt to do the same thing it did in the last cycle. So it's going to 
try to lag any signs of normalization from other major central banks. I think the key for the ECB, though, will be to watch the extent of the Q2 economic bounce. And depending on how that bounce materializes or if it materializes, decide what it's going to do with the asset purchase program or perhaps an explicit target for yields after the situation for Q2 becomes clearer. I also think that the ECB will probably want to stay out of the spotlight of the German election cycle, which really kicks off over the summer. So Q2 is going to be a a key moment for the ECB, I think, Greg. What do you think about the BOC from your perspective? Stephen, right now, I wouldn't expect any rate hikes through the remainder of the year or even hints thereof. However, as much as they don't want to, I think the BOC will end up tapering QE first. I think they will hang back probably until about July or so, hoping that the Fed will also taper QE and end up at that point having to go it alone, so to speak. That is a CAD positive factor that I think comes into play in the second half of the year. And perhaps that is the issue that gets EuroCAD all the way down to 145 or so where it was before the pandemic began. All fair points, Greg. I think that's a good point to end the podcast on. I think we'll wrap it up here until our next podcast in a week's time. Thanks for listening to Global Exchanges. Listen to past episodes and find transcripts at bmocm.com slash global exchanges. We'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. You can send us an email or reach out to us on Bloomberg. You can listen to this show and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. This show and resources are supported by our team here at BMO, including the FIC Macro Strategy Group and BMO's marketing team. This show is produced and edited by Puddle Creative. This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbitt Burns Incorporated, and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO, who are involved in fixed income and foreign exchange sales and marketing efforts. Accordingly, it should be considered to be a product of the fixed income and foreign exchange businesses generally, and not a research report that reflects the views of disinterested research analysts. Notwithstanding the foregoing, this podcast should not be construed as an offer or the solicitation of an offer to sell or to buy or subscribe for any particular product or services, including without limitation any commodities, securities, or other financial instruments. We are not soliciting any specific action based on this podcast. It is for the general information of our clients. It does not constitute a recommendation or a suggestion that any investment or strategy referenced herein may be suitable for you. It does not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial conditions, or needs of individual clients. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a representation that any investment or strategy is suitable or appropriate to your unique circumstances, or otherwise constitutes an opinion or a recommendation to you. BMO is not providing advice regarding the value or advisability of trading in commodity interests, including futures contracts and commodity options, or any other activity which would cause BMO or any of its affiliates to be considered a commodity trading advisor under the U.S. Commodity Exchange Act. BMO is not undertaking to act as a swap advisor to you or in your best interests in you, to the extent applicable, will rely solely on advice from your qualified independent representative in making hedging or trading decisions. This podcast is not to be relied upon in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. You should conduct your own independent analysis of the matters referred to herein, together with your qualified independent representative, if applicable. BMO assumes no responsibility for verification of the information in this podcast. No representation or warranty is made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information, and BMO accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast. BMO assumes no obligation to correct or update this podcast. 
This podcast does not contain all information that may be required to evaluate any transaction or matter, and information may be available to BMO and or its affiliates that is not reflected herein. BMO and its affiliates may have positions, long or short, and affect transactions or make markets in securities mentioned herein, or provide advice or loans to, or participate in the underwriting or restructuring of the obligations of, issuers and companies mentioned herein. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For further information, please go to bmocm.com slash macrohorizons slash legal.